This is the Out of Character Podcast. Introducing your host, Brian Colbert. Welcome, world, welcome to another episode of the Out of Character Podcast. This is episode 15, people. Episode 15. I am your host, Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You can call me BC too if you're listening. And we appreciate you for listening. We got a special show for y'all today, man. We got a little special, you know what I'm saying? We're giving y'all two podcasts at once because a great friend of mine, somebody that I look up to, somebody that is like a mentor to me, a friend, a peer, a co-worker, somebody that i think has a lot of insight and that can do a lot of good for my listeners on out of character man you know i'm all about inspiration i'm all about celebrating my peers and my friends because like i always say i got so many talented friends man and i want to share not only them with y'all but their insight their knowledge and their stories man so without further ado people we got first team all ivy league yeah i said it ivy league yeah yeah, the big school, first team all Ivy League. We got a genius with us. A first team all Ivy League running back. A Harvard legend. The Ivy League of Ivy League schools, if I might add. An ESPN legend. A Snapchat legend. A Sports Center legend. And most importantly, and this is new, I don't know many times you've heard this. The Sports Nation co-host. A Sports Nation co-host. Because yes, people, if you didn't know, Sports Nation is back. Without further ado, I would love to welcome to my out of character family my guy trevor scales trevor how are you doing brother thank you so much for being here with us man i'm getting better as always i appreciate you asking and i appreciate that intro so much even though i am worried that you oversold oversold and i might under deliver that that is my only concern at this point bro you know my biggest goal with the podcast is to have the best intros man i feel like the intros is the momentum you know what i'm saying it what gets the people going oh you no know doubt. what i'm saying and brother and, and trust me if anything i undersold you because trust me you can do a quick google and see the accolades we didn't even get into all the football accolades all the shows you are a part of brother and like i told you before we started recording this episode right here brother is not only a celebration to you but a celebration of all your success and we want to talk about everything so that people can get even more inspiration from you bro and just learn a little bit about you man because the journey is really what gets us to this point you know what i'm saying without a doubt without a doubt man and i'm happy to share that man again i appreciate the opportunity to come through here man and just talk to your people because they my people as well right like you mentioned we yeah. always a1 since day one all that fun stuff man and, and and as much as you may say that i be may be a blueprint of sorts man i look at this journey as us walking alongside each other and just trying to mm. lift each other up the entire time man because knowing that i had your support gives me the boost that I need like to keep this thing going and to realize that I have an impact in all of this and and looking to you and your individual journey and how you've been able to stick and move and adjust and roll on the fly and not be afraid to take bets on yourself that's the same type of motivation I need on the daily to make sure that I'm kind of checking in on my personal and making sure that I'm pushing myself to be the very best and at the very least that is our duty not only in this business but just as being black men in general being minorities looking out for each other inspiring each other so once again thank you man because bro that means a lot to me to hear you say that you know i, I come with some inspiration brother because like i said you're an inspiration to me man and we can go back and forth all day man we can do the we can show love all day man but everybody that is there's, there's a lot of people that's listening like i said i went to school 
for broadcasting, right? I'm, I'm sure you did as well, but I know we're going to get into all of that stuff. And there's a lot of people that are listening that have media aspirations that want to be in the seat that you are in and that want to know things. So I want to start from the very beginning, brother, because I feel like I'd be doing a disservice to everybody if we didn't go from the very beginning of your journey, man. Because a lot of times you, you work every single day, you're in front of that TV every single day. You don't get a lot of time to reflect on everything you've been through, brother. So right now I want to take some time to reflect, man. I want to talk about the journey, man. I want to not only learn more, but I want to celebrate you, my brother. So so first things first, man. You are from Atlanta, correct? I am. Stone Mountain, Georgia, east of Atlanta. About 20 minutes if you're down there you want to peep the scene or anything like that. Zone 6, just for those wondering. Yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> and clearly you guys can hear from his infliction that how important Atlanta is to him and what it did to him. So please tell me, brother, being a young Trevor, what was that like growing up in Atlanta, man? What did the city of Atlanta do for you? The biggest thing uh, in being up here in Connecticut now that I've always taken from Atlanta and didn't realize how good I had it until it was gone, the amount of black excellence that I was just perpetually surrounded by, right? Everywhere I looked, there were black folks. And I just understood that to be the norm. So when I moved out of that region of the country, it was a culture shock in a host of different ways. And just seeing myself in every position of professionalism around the city, I credit that city so much for just molding my ability to see black people for the excellence that they have always been able to come through with, right? Like that has always been at the top of mind for me when it comes to black folks. Like I, I can't imagine the the notion of having a hatred for self as a black person or wanting to be anything other than black because all I've known about black folks my entire life has been just the most amazing people to be around, the funnest, the most creative, the most beautiful people to be around inside and out. And I always get so envious when I hear that because you, Deontay Smith, Isaac, these guys will tell me about, man, how y'all just grew up around nothing but black folks, right? Y'all grew up around y'all people, man. And not only did y'all grow up around y'all people, but y'all grew up in an environment where it was nothing but self-love, where it was nothing but black love. And all of you guys were trying to help the other person move forward. And that crab in the barrel mentality that people talk about and try to put on our culture was it didn't exist. And to me, I get envious of that because if you didn't know, I grew up in a military family. So I moved and lived all around the world to where there was only small pockets of minorities and we would all stick together. Very much so like you're saying, where we all had to look out for each other because there was 4% of us, 5% of us, you know? So when I hear you say things like that, I'm always like, damn, man, that's so dope. And I hope my son can grow up like that around black people. Have that pride because when you don't see it, it takes a toll. No doubt, no doubt. And I'll, I'll tell you, cause like I had both sides of the dichotomy, right? Like I can relate to being the minority, certainly, right? Like in my personal life, when I was outside of school, it was black folks everywhere, but I went to the north side of town to go to high school, to, from elementary all the way through high school. Uh, and then obviously in college, I'm once again the minority. So I experienced the idea of having to stick together as black folks when we are vastly in the minority and right and knowing that you got to look out for each other. You got to warn cats about what, however the things are moving and shaking around you. Uh, and so like going to school on the white side of town kind of provided that uh, understanding that the world may not always look like the way it does personally mm. when you go around grocery shopping or to the tailor down the street or just at church even, right? Like I understood that there are two different ways that this world can look to you. You can be in that minority or you can be in that majority. You got to be able to move in both spaces. Like you said, you come from 
being around black folks. That's what you grew up in. That's what you're comfortable with. And then you take this Southern kid and throw him up in the Northeast at Harvard, nonetheless. Harvard. T touch on that a little more. Get into that a little bit about what that was like, man, that culture shock. Because you go from being in some place, you probably felt like the majority at times being a black man to a place where it's I'm, I've got to assume I've never been to Harvard. I'm, I'm very familiar with Boston. That's where my family's from. Gotcha. But I could only assume there's a small amount of y'all at Harvard, man. What was man. that like? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, like I, I touched down on the plane, hopped on public transit to get out to campus for my first visit out to Harvard. And I did not understand. I could not conceptualize just not seeing much of me around. Right. Like, so that's that was an understood thing. I knew it could happen. But then we get to get on campus and people telling me that I'm talking funny. I don't know what you're talking. I, I've only heard this <laughs> my entire life. So what exactly are you referring to? Imagine somebody are, from the Northeast right. judging somebody on how they talk in the accent. That's it's crazy. Just, it was the most ironic <laughs> thing, man. Like we getting into Boston accents and I'm like, I can't understand what you're saying to me. So I don't, there's no way you can sit here and tell me I'm talking funny. But all that aside, man, we get into like just the nuances of how you move around and, 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 walking into a restaurant and the whole world stops like just little instances of knowing that you become a lot more self-aware of your blackness and and i experienced that in a multitude of levels in a multitude of ways while i was at harvard man like just little things even though i am very much so on campus i'm an athlete whatever have you rocking the sweats on the daily right because i ain't got no time to get dressed to go to class still doors getting closed intentionally in front of me to make sure that i have to swipe in to a campus building right like mm. little microaggressions those sorts of things picked up in the northeast for me and specifically in the city of boston like that was something that i had to grow to understand to where a lot of my time at harvard was spent in that cambridge bubble i didn't venture much into boston because i didn't necessarily feel comfortable knowing which spots to avoid if i got caught up in the wrong area so like i knew better than to venture out too much I may have taken away from my experiences during college, but like above all else, since my mama ain't never been up there, my pops ain't never been up there. I knew I was safe if I was on campus for the most part. So it was a culture shock just from the amount of black people that I saw. And sure, like the food was different. They were putting fruit in places that I didn't think you needed to put fruit in. But it was so worthwhile understanding that not every part of this country operates under the same sensibilities under the same sort of uh unspoken uh rules if you will i came from a red state right like georgia has since flipped blue thankful for it happy for it proud of the people down there but knowing that i aligned maybe mentally with and and and, and, and politically with a lot more of the people around me the white folks around me than i ever had in my life was jarring right it was that i could speak about certain things that like i hadn't necessarily been able to speak freely about outside of my family and ask the questions that i would want to know more about and as you're coming of age as a young man in a city like that there's like a lot of self-discovery and understanding of how the world works that like I certainly would not have been privy to had I spent my entire time down in the South just from the sake of exposure. And that's so interesting that you said what you said, because me, I went to the University of Nebraska, so <laughs> I very much get what you were saying about being thrown into a place that you are unfamiliar with and not really knowing how to move, what's safe. And for people that are listening that have never been in that situation, think about that for a second. This is 
a Harvard undergraduate. This is somebody that paid the same amount of money to get into the school, that paid his dues, went to high school, did the same amount of things. And he just said he couldn't go to certain places because he just didn't know if he would be safe, because he didn't know he would be welcome. And Harvard undergraduate student being judged by people that probably never could even lick Harvard's boots. But a college student, nonetheless, that didn't feel comfortable moving around his city because of what he had to deal with and rightfully so brother like we live in the northeast right now we understand what it's like that was years ago but sadly not much has changed and i'm sure there's plenty of college kids that have been in that situation before and we sit and talk about that like i said you know you i'm sure you're on scholarship for football but you're a paying college student you're paying for your books you're going to classes you're studying just like everybody else so when you have those moments where man i might not be able to go here or dang man they could have held the door before me damn man i gotta get my my card out my bag yeah it's things that eventually you get numb to because you deal with it so much because it's regular but it has to take its toll yeah was there was there ever a time because it could be the littlest thing too when it builds up was there ever a time when it was just too much when you called your mom you called your pops you was just like man i gotta come home i gotta oh, get yeah. the heck out of this environment can you tell us about a moment like that when when that had happened yeah like i could say my low hit early thankfully right like you you get right. that sort of adjustment in and you're forced to kind of reckon with it my freshman year my grandmother passed uh i'll never forget the bike ride across the river uh at 5 a.m to go to winter workouts and i'm crying the entire way because my pops called me to let me know that my grandmother had passed later uh late at night the night prior and so that was like a moment of where stuff really got real for me, right? Like it was, it was where I first realized that, oh no, I'm very far away from my family. It is no longer, I'm able to just pop up on my mom and say, I love you and I'm here for you in whatever regard you need me to be. I now have to logistically jump through hoops just to be around family. Like even in the days of like Skype when that was popping and you can still pick up the phone or t shoot a text message out or whatever have you, it's still, I felt that distance more than anything, right? And, and that was like the toughest moment of separation for me when it came to the homesickness, when it came to anything like that. Yeah, camp was tough. Like going through football camp, your body is beat up, you're tired, you just wanna sleep and you ain't got no time to do it because you got schoolwork that's a mile high. But I still just found a way to kind of push through. Right. Like, and that may have been unhealthy in a sense to not sit and be able to process things. I have since in, uh, uh, invested in therapy and I could not mm. thank uh, the individuals that have coached me to do that enough. Like that has been a worthwhile investment and I probably could have used it back then, but I just found a way to kind of stomach through. But when that moment hit, when my grandmother passed, I remember breaking down. I, I could not muster enough strength and I needed to just be home. Even if I didn't get to be home for a long time, I needed to be home. I needed to just feel the embrace of my mother, of my father, to see my brother and be able to connect with him as well. And 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 it got to where I appreciated that trip home for every time that I was able to get back. Like it wasn't often that I did. It may have been once, maybe twice a year because my summers, I'm up in Boston training for the season. And by the time right. the season pops off, uh, we would wrap before Thanksgiving, but I couldn't afford to fly home for every Thanksgiving. Right. right? Like I'd have to sure. stay up. Right. And so winter break, I'd come home and the summer I'd be home for seven days and I'm back up at camp. So I was essentially up here in Boston for uh, in the Northeast for the entirety of my adult life. That's that's kind of where it's set up. But when you talk about just other things that I experienced and things that sort of 
became a trigger even. I roomed with six other brothers and all my teammates on on uh, Harvard's football team. And if a lot of us, or even just two of us, sitting at a table or walking down the street, the assumption that we were athletes became offensive, right? Like Because there's an idea that you don't belong here unless you are contributing. Oh, he can only get here because he was a football player. He's Correct. not really Ivy League. He's just an athlete. Oh, Correct. man, that would drive me crazy. And all the while, like, we don't get scholarships. We have to get in the same way that they do. We have to pay our way through, depending on the financial aid systems, allocations, or whatever have you. And, like, it, it's like I, I deserve this opportunity just as much as you do. I can assure you, bro. And I'm working a 40-hour-a-week job while trying to balance the same schoolwork that you are, dog. So please leave the microaggressions up out of it. And by the time I got to senior year, man, as wonderful as a place as Harvard was and and, and as, as thankful as I am for that experience, bro, I was ready to go. I was ready to get up out of there. And it was because of just the weight that you found yourself carrying unnecessarily so at times and, and really um, all of the time unnecessarily of just being black on that campus and feeling as though sometimes you may not belong sometimes you may not fit in and you just want to be around your people i'm thankful for the outlets that they did provide with like the black student organizations kind of coming together and and, and really providing that space for us to link up but it still didn't take away from the fact that you're in that bubble for four years of your life and i've touched on that with a lot of friends because i mean just like you i'm sure we're around people that went to hbcus all the time especially both of my parents did. yeah 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 and see and so like you probably grew up knowing a sense of pride for college you probably saw both of your parents and they had a level of pride that i always say that i'm envious of because i didn't get to feel yep. much like you by the time i got to my senior year of college I was so worn out with having to jump through hoop through hoop, trying to work so much harder than everybody else that I was just ready to get done. And I had no college pride. I didn't even know where my diploma was at. I was just so ready to finish with that. And that is such a sad reality for so many people. So I'm really glad you touched on that because that takes its mental toll. And when you're dealing with stuff like that, being away from family, dealing with ignorance microaggressions just being a college student man you falling in and out of love you going to class you trying to get sleep you partying you're doing all of these things right and when you're dealing with tragedy like for instance for first off god rest your grandmother man but prayers to you and your yes. family um you know man i know how i know the matriarchies like the having the the strong you know queens in our lives man they mean a lot to us so first shout out to her man i know when dealing with stuff like that especially tragedy like that and being so far away and like you said you got to go home but not much you were away a lot of times and a lot of times when we're dealing with pain we're dealing with tragedy especially when we haven't because you know we're young black men we don't feel like we even have the luxury of doing counseling or like that so we find things to distract us we find things to like dive ourselves into yep. right whether that's work yep. hobbies you were a collegiate football player yep did, was football that escape for you? Oh, 1,000%. It was the outlet, right? Like, it was the place where I take all the microaggressions that I received, and then it's like, okay, I get to go hit somebody. Right? Like, right. that's cool. I can outlet that. I can go run my tail end off. I can sweat it all out, right? Like, even the workouts. I get to move metal for a little bit. I, I get to just find a way to take this energy that has been pent up and sort of locked away for a little while and just unleash it. 
let it go. And and there's no ramifications that negatively for me doing that. It's almost encouraged for me to put some level of uh, extra motivation behind it, some personal yeah. motivation behind it. And so, use yeah, it. I found They'll my- tell you, use it, use it, use it. Man, yeah, exactly. Right? Like, you're supposed to take that anger that you feel, visualize your anger and, and put that image on the person across from you and inflict the pain that you would want to put on that angry, ins- anger-inspiring image on that person across from you. And so, like, that's how I processed anger, how I processed grief, how I processed any sort of uh, disruption in my life. And when that's taken away from me, when I'm when I'm done with football and I tried to go for the NFL, failed, cool, understand that. That's when in, that's when it really kicks in that I should have found a healthier way to deal with this stuff. I couldn't, I could no longer uh tell my girlfriend at the time, no, nah, I'm cool, don't worry about me. I'ma just let this out at practice tomorrow. I, I could no longer say, you know what, I got a game this Saturday, I gotta lock in on that, I need to stuff it away. Now it's like, no, no, real life is just going to happen. And every uh, every vehicle of real life is going to happen at, at, at once. And you better be able to manage and deal with and not necessarily stow away, but kind of temper it down so that you can eventually find an outlet for it. Um, and, and that's like the healthy balance that you have to find a lot of times as black men on your own, because... One, you may feel as though it's not encouraged to talk about, but I'm glad that we are entering a space where it's much more so encouraged and it's and it's endorsed by people of the highest of highest echelons down to those that are just trying to make a way on a day to day. It's it's encouraged now. And that's for that progress. I can uh, I, I can always be thankful. But, you know, at that time, it, I didn't feel like that was appropriate. I didn't feel like it was mm. cool. I didn't feel like it was uh, normal, um, none of that, and so it, it found, I found myself in a wild position. And I think learning how to express ourselves, learning how to deal with trauma, is something that, especially as black men, black women too, that we just have to learn as we get older. Because a lot of times, our parents or our predecessors before us didn't have the luxury of having outlets to find to get help, so they weren't able to teach us. This is how you deal with things because they were still learning how to deal with things, man. And, and I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't mean to be tongue in cheek about it, but for people on the outside looking in that knew you at Harvard, I don't think anybody would have known you were car- compartmentalizing, my brother. Because let me tell you now, you know, we do our Googles here, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, we do yeah, our Googles, yeah. but I didn't even have to Google you, bro, because I've lived in the Northeast long enough to know that this brother Trevor Scales was a problem. When people heard of Trevor Scales, the running back at Harvard, boy, I heard you was mean, dog. I heard you was mean. I heard you was so mean on the field, brother, that they called you the Red Comet? Is that true, bro? Was that your nickname? The Man, Red okay. Comet? So, 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 Crimson Comet. Oh, the Crimson Comet. Right, 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 right. So it came up, it came up after I graduated, right? So, I'm training for the league. I'm doing like the circuit of, of combines or whatever they throwing out there. Potential workouts. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. I pop up at one. Uh, it was at the Jets facility. And this dude who runs like a uh, a draft scouting website or whatever pulls me to the side said, hey, seeing your stuff at Harvard, you dope, like cool stuff. Uh, let's You mind doing an interview right quick? Try to get your, your profile out there a little bit more. I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's knock it out. And he opens the interview with, I'm here with the Crimson Comet. I never heard the name. <laughs> I, I am surprised that my face held because I've seen it back now that like, because in my mind, I'm like, I, 
what? No, 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 no. I ain't never, no, no, no. <laughs> but beyond that, like, it, it was a, it was a random nickname that I had not heard until after I graduated. And apparently it had floated around a little bit. So kudos to that brother for bringing it to my attention. <laughs> now that's, now see, I didn't know that. Cause in my mind, right. When I heard about the Crimson Comet, yeah. in my mind, like you would just be walking to like the grocery store or something. Right. And somebody would yell, there's the Crimson Comet. A little girl would be on her dad's shoulders and point at you and say, Daddy, Daddy, it's him, the Crimson Comet. In my mind, you were walking around with this figurative oh. cape. You were like <laughs> Superman, the Crimson Comet. Because I understand, it's especially in schools, like small schools that don't have a ton of like sports going on, College athletes are like superstars, right? Right. So, like, and bro, like, I'm not, guys, if y'all listening, I'm not hyping. You could Google, like, this dude was the man at Harvard. Like, this isn't hype at all, right? You was the man. I believe, what was it, second most touchdowns in school history, right? Yep, yep, yep. Second Got that record. I think I'm somewhere up there. <laughs> you see, y'all here, right? Y'all here. Now, listen, I'm, I'm not going to stop you right there because I know every D1 athlete knows every damn stat that they have. They know every game that they played. They know every record that's being broke. And they also know the records that they hold that are about to be broke, bro. So, you know, I'm just going to save you right there. Because I know you was the man. It's okay. You don't got to be humble. I, listen, I, I did. I made some shake at times on campus. I will say that, right? Like, I, I got mine and it was a good time, man. Obviously, you revert. Like, I ain't going to lie to you. I just reverted back to my media days when I was playing ball. I was like, you know, I got to paint the lineman in front of me. You know, I had the offensive structure around me to help me go or whatever have you, right? Uh, but look, dog, like, it's crazy because one would assume, like, right, when you, you're the man in football, like, we, mm -hmm. I played with a brother that was, uh, still is, I think, has the record for the highest earning fullback in the NFL, right? Like, he had that contract, the man, like, even wow. with me, alongside me. And, dog, they don't care about that up at Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going with cats that are eventually going to be neuroscientists and 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 ah. members of NASA and all kinds of astrophysicists, whatever you want to call it, dog. Like politicians. I, I, I'm with. I, I went to. I graduated with like three cats that wound up on a Forbes 30 under 30. Wow. I wasn't one of them, right? Like, and so it's, <laughs> it's so crazy. Just the amount of perspective you get walking into any building on that campus, sitting down in any classroom or lecture hall on that campus, on just how amazing people can be. Um, mm. and, and, and by the way, like the two notes that I gave about, you know, a politician that I went to school with and the cats that were 30 under 30, these are black folks. So it's like wow. that tight knit circle of, of already that community. Uh, you find yourself lifting other folks up for their accomplishments more than you ever have time to focus on yourself and like that's been something that like has carried with me uh even outside because yeah i, I could probably give you a couple stats a couple of my best games but for the most part man i'm in awe of the people around me and um it part of part of that is to do with how i was raised my, my mother and father always you know never never let me get too high not through any sort of uh bashing or anything like that but just reminding me that like you should make sure you're seeing outside of yourself at all times man and i have grown up with that that appreciation for the accomplishments of my peers man because i i am always so impressed every time i kind of scroll through the timeline and see somebody accomplishing another thing man my my ig story was filled with people getting vaccinated months before this wave hit of you know folks being able to go out and schedule it 
for those with like pre-existing conditions. I realized how many doctors I follow because wow. of the amount of vaccination cards uh, that I saw posted, man. And it's just like, again, one of those reminders of perspective in, in whatever field that you're doing your thing in. And you certainly need to take some time to smell your own flowers and appreciate your accomplishments. But that doesn't mean that you can't at the same time appreciate the journeys that others are taking and, and how much they've just lifted themselves up from whatever situation that they did. And you mentioned perspective, because I told you I went to the University of Nebraska. Right. So let me tell you, the athletes there, they're walking on rose petals. All of them, all this walking on rose petals. Everywhere they go, free, free. Women just falling at their feet, right? But what you're telling me, because I, you're the first Ivy League guest we've had on Out of Character. I am not familiar with the Ivy League at all. You're actually the only friend I have that went to an Ivy League school. So are you telling me that instead of panties dropping at y'all feet as the athletes, the surgeons and the politicians, those guys were the ones getting all the play? Is that what you're saying? It's different, bro. It's just Wow. Now, Check that that's, out. That's not to say, that's not to say <laughs> that we were completely devoid of attention. I, want, I, I, I still got mine. I still got mine. We did okay. <laughs> we did all right. But it's just to say that there, there was a larger appreciation for those that might have been moving in other realms. That That's all that to say. You know, we had our fun. We got ours in. Uh, but it was just two different, two different walks of life on campus existing. Okay, now I can understand that. And you know what, brother? You mentioned something about, you know, smelling your own flowers, right? Yeah. Appreciating yourself and your accomplishments. So what I'm going to do, brother, right now, I got to put you on the spot. I got to put you on the spot because in honor... Like I said, this episode is all about you, brother. We celebrating you and your greatness. So what I did, like I said, we do our Googles out of character. And what I happened to stumble upon, my brother, you'll never guess what. Your highlight tape. One of many. <laughs> Let me tell you, people listening. One of many. Oh, my goodness. This dude got some highlight tapes. As humble as he's been, my man got some highlight tapes. And this particular highlight tape. It's like 40 minutes long. It's like, <laughs> let me be honest with you, it, it was definitely a lot to get through because my man had that many highlights. I think it was only from one season. I'm not completely sure. But what I would like to do with you, my brother, we never done this before on Out of Character, man, but we have you here. We have one of the ESPN's best commentators here. You know what I'm saying, man? What I would like to do is watch your highlights with you right now. Okay. But, but... As you know, people are listening. We do have people that watch, but there are people that are listening. So these people won't be able to see the greatness that was Trevor Scales in Harvard, right? Okay, they won't be okay. Able to see it. So what I need you to do for me, brother, is while we watch this together, I need you to paint a picture of what is going on and what we are seeing and give a little play-by-play -play to, to the listeners. You know what I'm saying? We can do that. Do you mind do that. doing that for me real quick, brother? All right, yeah. I'm going to do is I'm going to pull up your highlight tape, brother. We're just going to watch a few. We're not going to watch the whole 40 minutes. <laughs> we're going to get into a couple. All man, right? We don't need so to bore like, nobody with that, man. Like, <laughs> we're going to get into a couple because let me tell you the first couple are a doozies a doozies <laughs> i can't even tell if they're like the same play and just different angles but brother let me tell you we're gonna look at them are you, you cool with that let's do that man all right so fourth quarter 119 remaining in the harvard yale game this is actually my final game of my career my final carry of my career right side from 60 and change yards out i hit the right sideline and all you gonna see is the back of my jersey until i get to the end zone it was my last carry as i said this was uh, a one score game at the time and we wound up making that shake from 60 yards out to put myself over a thousand yards for the season now we moved to brown senior year this is my senior year highlight tape uh, let's see what we got here. We've got a unbalanced line along the right side. Inside zone handoff right up the gut. I don't know where Brown's defense ended up being, but 
I decided to replace him head on to the crib. I think that might have been my fourth touchdown of the game. I'm, I'm pretty Ooh, sure. flex on him, man, bro. Of the game. And I was trying to tell my coach. Look at you, look at you. I, I'm just saying, dog, <laughs> they, they should probably take me out because, like, I, they don't want me to <laughs> Continue on with this. Let's see. Days of got. young Marshawn. Right, right. Just getting his, getting busy. Uh, let's see who we got here. I do believe that this is Dartmouth. If I can tell from the jerseys here, maybe now people he no, is no, no, looking no. at jerseys. Here we go, here we go. We got Harvard Yale here because I got the cheat code, the emblem right there at the twenty. So I got you on that one. All right, this cool. is very impressive. Let me tell you, this is very impressive. <laughs> we off the dome with it. Uh, oh, nice reception. little outlet. Yeah, yeah, a little outlet pass. Quick little dig to the sideline, shake off a couple tackles, make sure we get first down yardage. That's that's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. Uh, early on in that Brown game that we touched on earlier. So obviously the sun is still out. So this is before I did like the real damage, but we were still kind of trying to do a little something. So a little move in the backfield to shake off the defender, get, get that edge, let them know that I can make it to the outside, get that first down yard. So counter play for you. All right, we got one more now. Cause I'm having too much fun with this. We'll do this all day. We're gonna cool. do the last one, all right? Now cool. clearly, for those of y'all that are listening, this brother got some game. This brother got some game. I am looking at missed tackles left and right. Man, I am looking at good angles, good cuts. Man, you did a little fake in that last play, brother. I'm impressed so far. Let's see what this last play holds. This is all random. We have no idea hey, what plays are coming up. We just so, clicking through, man. I'm uh, reading and reacting. Just all right, like I did on the field. <laughs> there you go. Now, <laughs> now, what are we looking at right now? Here we go. A little gun formation, uh, bunch gun formation, doubles uh, up against San Diego again. And it looks like it's about to be an outside zone play. So I'm looking to get to the sideline as best as I can here. Oh, nice little bang cut on oh, the outside oh, oh. zone. Making sure we get a little extra money for the people. Ah, nice see, I, I see the Crimson Comet. Now, see, I get the I get the nickname now, brother. You watch <laughs> the highlight tape and you understand, like, oh, okay, that's the Crimson Comet right there, brother. Man, thank you for that breakdown, man. How, how did it feel to go through your old plays like that and, and see – the young the young man that once was uh look on the lowest of keys i kind of went back into that pov of being inside the helmet where all i got Ooh. like a, a six by two inch uh visor to look out <laughs> of there i almost got my heart rate got up a little bit you man. know so what but let me tell you let me tell you now i heard it come out i heard the dog i heard that southern brother come out I'm oh man you. i had like four i probably had like four touchdowns coach should have <laughs> took me out i heard it and i loved it man i love that you brought that kind of tenacity to the ivy league my brother now, that was cool yeah that was bring cool a little swagger with you right like i was a southern boy and i i had it in my mind that like man these cats can't play with me right like, i said foot on and this clearly they couldn't they don't clearly play they couldn't foot, i ain't you know? seen that many missed tackles in forever man they <laughs> they were at their wits end Trying to stop you, my guy. Let me tell you, man. Congratulations on that. Like I said, second most touchdowns in school history. You have a ton of other accolades at that school, my brother. That is so, so dope. Football, Appreciate right? Appreciate it. Football has been something that's been in your life your whole life? Yeah, absolutely, man. I started playing when I was eight years old, man. My pops played running back at Lincoln University. Not to be uh, confused with one Deontay Smith's Lincoln University. <laughs> right? like my parents went to the one out Jefferson City, Missouri. Uh, very proud alumni of LU out that way. Uh, and my pops, again, played football out there. Uh, my mom was a cheerleader, matter of fact. That's wow. Nice wow. storybook, black love story, if you will. <laughs> and uh, it was a beautiful thing. But, yeah, man, I, I learned about the position a lot from my pops and wow. uh knowing that like he never forced me to play football it was never pushed upon me as something that i needed to go out there and do 
he provided a, a way for me to be exposed to the sport. And and we would watch Sunday games together. We'd watch Saturday college football together. Um, but it was never something that he said, hey, I need you to go out here and do this. I came up with the idea on my own. As a matter of fact, my mom held me out until I was wow. – Because you can wow. start as young as four down there playing tackle yeah. football, in right? South, yes, sir. So – it was it was it was a blessing to be able to kind of come into that on my own and and appreciate the sport from a, a true inherent and genuine love. And and anytime you hear this this brother talk, no matter where it's at, no matter interviews, even when he's doing stuff for Sports Center, ESPN, you're always gonna hear something about his parents, right? And that's something I truly admire about you, bro, because it's so important to highlight those people that paved the way for us, that made our lives just a little bit easier. And I love, you know, I, I, you mentioned your mom earlier and your father, but I love hearing black men talk about their fathers because at, at a point in time, especially, you know, with us growing up, that's not something we heard a lot. We always heard about the moms, the moms, the moms, the moms, because sadly enough, the stereotype was that black fathers were not in the household. So to hear people like you, somebody that's so successful, somebody that comes from the same era as me, and knowing that you also, just like myself, had a black father that was there, that was invested, and that's somebody that you constantly honor by just not only being yourself, but by talking about him in situations like this. Man, let me tell you, I love that, man. I love it so much. And I think we need to hear more stories like that, bro, because we do have a lot of great black men out there taking care of business and raising some great black kings, man. And you're a testament to that. Oh, no doubt, man. No doubt, man. I still look to my father for so many different things to this day, man. Man, and as I embark upon the journey of of marriage, right? Like yeah, this is another yeah. one of those life changing events that, like, you you look to pops as an example, and and even sometimes is uh, one that has gone through struggles and has to figure things out just as you will. You can lean on them for uh, an understanding, for advice, and and things like that. So like, it's there's a multitude of ways that I have experience growth courtesy of the relationship of my father man and i'll always be thankful from every single angle of that mm. relationship that we've been able to develop because there have been the ups and downs in it just right. as there are with any parents right like that's just the game um but i'm thankful for the experience and and and, and that we've been willing to kind of work through any ups and downs that we go through because we know how much we mean to each other and that's beautiful man and i can say without a doubt both your parents did a great job man i know oh, they got to be proud of you man it's a blessing that they're still around to see you accomplish these things that you're accomplishing, that they're still around to take the phone call, give you advice on things like that. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Out of Character Podcast, episode 15. I am your host, Brian Colbert, and I have the privilege and honor to be accompanied by the man, the Harvard legend himself, Trevor Scales, man. Thank you so much for being here, man, on episode 15, man. It's been so much fun. Thank you for opening up with us, man. And there's some more things I want to get into. You talk about football being in your life from jump. It wasn't forced upon you, but it was something that's been around forever. And I'm sure it's something that you've been talented at and knew you were going to do for a long time. And earlier, you mentioned that transition from college to just being a man and being a professional. You were looking at going to the pros, man. And I know the Falcons were looking at you, probably your favorite, your home team, you know what I'm saying? The people that you love. And, you know, like you said, like you mentioned before, we don't got to get into it too much, but you said it didn't necessarily work out. And sometimes when things don't work out, we have to pivot. We have to figure out, okay, so what's next? Yep. So what's the journey? Yep. Where do I go next? Whether you're religious, whether you're spiritual, whatever, you, yeah. you're looking for that, you're praying for it, yeah. trying to figure out what's next. And you, which uh, uh, athletes do, it might seem like a natural pivot, but it's not. You went 
from athlete to being in front of the camera to being a commentator to talking about sports and just being invested in the sports world from a whole nother end. Instead of being the person putting on the show, you're the person putting the show together. Type, yeah. You know, can you give us an insight on what that pivot was like for oh, you? Yeah. Because we hear all the time athletes trying to transition into a life outside of football. I'd love to hear what that pivot was like for you, my brother. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. And I have no no problem talking about just how things fell out because like it's mm. a part of the journey, right? Like it's it's a part of the right. things that the, the, the divine timing that worked out to where like it did work out for me in this regard to where I'm winding up where I had. Um, so I graduated college in May of 2013, man, went back uh well actually in the midst of graduating right so the semester break is when a lot of cats that play football are gearing up for the draft gearing up for the combine and i went down to florida the moment the uh the semester wrapped up went down to florida to train for about a month up until the second semester began again and that was like the start of what I deemed to be my pro career. And so second semester, all I'm doing is training, getting in the best physical shape I've ever been in my life. And we get to May, the uh, the calls came in. I ended up getting a couple undrafted free agent requests in Atlanta and Cleveland were the two calls I got. So went to mm. camp in Atlanta, went through it, had an open dislocation of my finger and like got stitched up and came back for the second practice, did all this stuff. In the, for the sake of the game, for the sake of being a part of that team and giving my very best, still got cut, right? Like it just, game is the game, especially wow. when it comes to playing running back, man. Like you, you have that self-realization that you are in fact a dime a dozen. And so with that, all the while I had had conversations with a fellow alumni, my, you know, probably a decade my senior when it comes to uh, how far ahead of me that they graduated. And she had mentioned to me, hey, look, there's a position here at ESPN. It's not glamorous. It is far from what you eventually want to do in life. It was a crewing coordinator. Uh, so I was hiring the technical personnel. So you talk about being behind the scenes. I was behind the scenes of behind the scenes. <laughs> right, right. Right. So like I'm hiring audio personnel, camera personnel. I'm, I'm, I'm a logistics coordinator, essentially. And so I take that job and I tell myself, I'm going to do the very best that I can for these two years. Uh, I didn't even set a timeline. I just said, I'm going to walk in this building. I'm going to have this role and I'm going to do the very best I can all the while keeping my eye out for an opportunity to get to where I want to be. And so I just kind of started to think essentially in one to two year increments, knowing that like this isn't forever. And two years into that deal, uh, I was blessed to be able to uh, earn a part in the ESPN fellowship. It was a two-year contract deal where they were looking for minority candidates to do a grassroots program of being on air. So I went through that, had my two-year stint with that, and that has since parlayed into an international part-time contract and then uh, Sports and on Snapchat and Sports Nation and all these abundant yeah. blessings that have rained down. But the pivot itself was so interesting in that I just had a realization, dog, where I was sitting on a couch, kind of thinking about how I had gone through that camp. My body was hurting. Like, I, I just, I remember the pain, the physical pain, just sitting on the couch. And I was like, I don't know that I can do this on a week to week basis for a career for years on end because I left college. Thankfully, with not with no serious long-term injuries, but 
there was certainly just the nagging pain of playing football, of running into 300-pound cats on a daily basis. And so, like, there was a slight sort of realization that, like, I don't know that I can sustain that that pain threshold, that sort of mindset, that sort of deal for a a long time, to put it, like, just simply. I, I just couldn't do it for a long time, and I kind of realized that I can take this opportunity and parlay it into something that I still love and very much so want to do. And it just takes a little grind. And so I, I kind of just embarked on the journey from that point, just with that mindset. And I'm so glad you shared it the way you did, brother, because, man, especially these days with people, man, people lost their jobs because of the pandemic. There's so much change. It's just a, it's, it feels like there's a shift in everybody's lives, right? And for you to explain your pivot the way that you did it, being so honest about it, man, I hope the people that are listening really understand what that moment was like for you when you were sitting there. You had a moment where you had to really sit and say, yo, everything I've worked my whole life for. This was my plan right here. This was my plan right here. But now I'm realizing that this maybe wasn't God's plan. Right now, I have to pivot. I have to make a change, brother. And the fact that you were able to do it and the fact that you were able, and of course, like you said, it wasn't easy. You had your moments. But on the outside looking in, brother, I will tell you, man, you pivoted very gracefully, man. <laughs> Thank you. you pivoted very gracefully to the point where that I don't think a lot of people would even know that you come from them type of beginnings. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not like, oh, this is just some guy that was working behind the scenes and then got a chance to be. No, this is somebody that's dedicated his, his whole life to it. People would think because you're so talented. And that's just a testament to you and your drive. And people that are listening, I want you guys to remember the first thing he said. He had an opportunity. And instead of saying, oh, this is too small, this is not what I want, this isn't for me, you jumped at the opportunity and you did the very best you could. And people that are listening, that is all we can do when handed opportunities. It might not be what we set out for, it might not be what we prayed for, but every opportunity is an opportunity. And if you do your very, very best, eventually those blessings will start coming because there's a plan for us, people. So thank you so much for sharing that, man. That is really cool. And like I said, you pivoted exceptionally, my brother. Let me tell you, man, you got into the business and you did your thing. And I can tell you from the outside looking in, it is nothing but hard work and dedication on your part, man. I've seen you just develop and grow. And now, brother, now, now, brother, we here now. Yeah, dog. Brother, we here now. (laughs) Now, for those of y'all that don't know, this king helped relaunch Sports Nation. Came back in January, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Came that is correct. Yes, year. sir. So this is fairly new. So one thing, this brother just started a brand new show. And for those of you guys that are sports fans, you know that Sports Nation is one of the biggest shows that ever was. It has a cult following. It's huge. So imagine how busy this brother is with this brand new show and this new opportunity. And he took the time to sit here and talk to us and rap with us, brother. So let's talk about Sports Nation. Because you know <laughs> we got to get into it. First of all, brother, let me say. Yeah. Congratulations, Thank brother. You. I Thank cannot you. imagine how hard it is to maneuver through a company, any company, because ESPN is a great company. I love them, man. I always love ESPN. But I cannot imagine how hard it is to move through a company where you are part of the 4%, the 5%, where there's not a lot of us, man. And you've managed to do it, and you managed to do it while still being yourself, man. You didn't have to sell your soul. You didn't have to change up, brother. So first, let me tell you congratulations. Thank you. That's huge, brother. Thank that's you. huge, man. I will never forget when I've got that news. I think I hit you up right away like, yo, what? Because that is so crazy. And man, congratulations. You earned it. It's you all love, it. man. It's all love. And, and and I will add, right? Like we talked about the grind that it takes, the willingness yes, to take on any opportunity that you're given, right? Like, but there's also an element, right, of, of people taking a chance on you that really don't have to. Right? Like that, that mm, I amen. cannot amen. thank 
the individuals that did that for me, right? Like just yeah. that just looked at me and said, I see something. I don't know what I see, but I see something. So come on through and just give it a whirl. We'll see what we can do with it, man. And that's like the other part that has been just so shocking and, and the perspective to go back to other things that we talked about of just realizing that you have been put in a position to receive blessings that you may not have even thought to pray for. And so like when it comes to like the sports nation thing, like that's one of them things. Like I didn't think to pray for I want to be on a reboot of a show that has this magnitude of a following and, a, right. and is this much of a company initiative. Like, nah, man, like I just knew that I wanted God to order my steps, put me in the yeah. right position, and I will show love to anybody that I can. Not for ulterior motives, but just because that's what I was raised to do. You mm. love on those around you. You love on those around you because they deserve to be loved, not because you may get something in return. And so, like, it's it's just been a blessing to kind of navigate this space. And 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 as you even say something like me navigating the space gracefully, brother, like people like you around the campus, whenever we crossed paths and it was just immediate smiles and daps. Yeah. And when that was cool, right, when it wasn't COVID around here, <laughs> daps and hugs and all that stuff, man, because you knew that you could look into somebody's eyes and and and, and know that they were there to lift you up right. and i and i just pray that like that's what came across from me as well like i just wanted to know i wanted everybody to know that like i'm just here for your success just as much as you are here to celebrate mine and i can't think enough for those that did kind of just lean into my invest in me and, and invest in my success to the point that they did and it's and it's truly because at least for me brother it's truly because you are a testament to not only hard work, but just staying loyal to the soil, man. Just staying humble, staying focused. And no matter how big you got, man, you ain't had to respond to me. You ain't had to come on the Out of Character podcast, man. You big time, bro. You on Sports Nation. But you took the time. It was nothing. And we've sat here and we've talked and you've been honest with me, brother. And that is right there, man. That's the key, man. And that, to me, is an inspiration because I want I try to do the same things as I continue without my career. As I continue to get blessings to never change up and to be there for people and to help inspire any way we can. And that's why it was so imperative to have you on this show, bro, because I guarantee you people listening are getting so much game, so much inspiration. And let, let's get into Sports Nation, man. Like yeah, said, yeah, yeah. That's my that, bad. That's my bad. That's no, my bad. you are good. No, I appreciate that. I'm glad because people need to hear that, man. I appreciate you being so honest with us, man, and so vulnerable because it means a lot. People need to know that. And that is also part of the journey but i also i just had to throw in there that your hard work brother your hard work that's what got it though man all those other things are great man but people we cannot accomplish things without being humble and working hard man and just doing the best we can and if you do the best you can you can't question anything else man because that's all we have been putting here to do is do the best we for can sure. and also sure. pay it forward brother and you have paid it forward so let's talk about sports nation right? yeah let's do it sports nation is a huge show yeah it went away for reasons we don't got to get into yep yep and yep. what was it like I, I, we got to start at the beginning yeah because we know how things happen with shows man there's there, there might be interviews it might be oh their names thrown around oh you might be able to get blah blah but what was it like man paint the picture for us brother dog you got that call and they said hey it's you you're the new co-host for sports nation we're bringing it back what did that feel like brother i'm telling you man it was a time of celebration for me because as you mentioned show started january 11th was the official launch date and i had recently uh before that prior to all of that on december 12th of 2020 i had gone home after the football season concluded to propose to my now fiance and I was locked in on that. Like I had no, I had tunnel vision on making sure that that went off without a hitch. And so 
I get a call the day after I touch down, which is one day before I propose that, hey, Sports Nation is coming back. We need you to try out. I know you're not on campus. Can you zoom in and do a television tryout for this show? What? I, I was like, I, I will set up a computer in my fiance's apartment and we'll do it live. We'll figure it out. So the day comes, we do the audition. There's obviously a time delay of me trying to talk underneath footage that is being rolled from a studio in Bristol down to a, a, a dining room in Duluth, Georgia. And <laughs> I'm doing my best. I'm trying to have fun. I'm trying to interact with somebody that may be either 900 miles away or 3,000, depending on what coast we're talking about. And I left that Zoom call just throwing my hands up because I, I had no idea how it went. <laughs> I just knew I had a fiance and I'm just trying to get back to my vacation. So, <laughs> so a couple days passed by. And uh, the lead for the project, his boss actually calls me, a brother within the company. And I, I keep the names out of it just for the sake of, yes, I don't sir, know yes, if sir. it's wrong. And I'm going to just stay whoever <laughs> try to keep my job, right? In any case, brother calls me and he says, I'm just, I'm just so proud and I'm so happy to have your voice specifically on this show. Because he had asked me before we even got to the tryout portion what I plan to bring on this show. And I just said, I, I'm authentic to me. I'm a black man from the South that played football all his life, mm. but has an appreciation for the things outside of sports that have everything to do with sports, essentially. That was my elevator pitch. And he was just super. That's a good elevator pitch. Nah, I appreciate that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just, I, I felt so supported, right? Like at the idea that they wanted that specifically. Mm. To yeah. be a part of this project that was the reboot that was a uh that was a brand new sort of take on a show that was very much so appreciated in the first time that it ran through and so as that unfolded man we get and, and then it happened like lightning it i'm talking like december 20th is when that roster gets decided and by the time i touch down i touch down back in bristol january 2nd january 4th is our first set of uh rehearsals and wow. like I said, we're debuting a week later. And this is just like a hyperspeed project, man, that unfolded right before my eyes. And to spin it back even more, it was something that I didn't even know to pray for, man. It, it just wow. it fell into my lap as a blessing, man. And I'm so thankful for it. Wow, man. And people listening to that, you know what I'm saying? Listen to that. He couldn't even aspire to do this. He just knew that all he wanted to do was follow the journey and work as hard as he could and look what it led to. Sometimes what we think is the goal, is the dream, isn't even that God has something so much bigger for us, man. So, man, congratulations on that, man. That is a hell of a journey. <laughs> what a ride. Now, let me ask you, you've been on a lot of different shows, man. Yeah. You've done Snapchat. You've done all different kind of stuff for ESPN, right? Yeah. You've played on big stages as a football player, as a D1 athlete, as the Crimson Condor. <laughs> so let me, let me ask you this, man. You've been in Sports Nation now for about a few months now. What makes this show different than anything you've ever done? I think it's the balance that we strike, right? Like we go into the night expecting to have fun. That is right. that is the foremost objective uh, that we have every single night is is to make sure that we have a fun treatment for everything that, you know, Sports Center encapsulates. So they're responsible for the highlights and news and notes and everything like that. We're here to provide commentary on the background of that. And even with that, even with that framework being the mindset, I'm so thankful for our lead producer 
for allowing the space t- for real discussions to be had mm. because they're necessary, right? Like as it's we enter 2021, after what we went through in 2020, we know that we can no longer just say that sports are an escape. They are very much so a part of this real life stuff and that real life stuff will always seep into sports. And the more aware you are, the more ability you have to navigate that fine line of, of balancing all of those things the better off you are because you find an appreciation for everything that goes on outside of sports that has to do with sports. And so we have that balance. We have a ton of fun every single night. It comes across on air and I'm so thankful for it, but we ain't never afraid to get into the nitty gritty of what we need to on a daily basis is if something pops up. And you mentioned that nitty gritty being a black man on TV, whether it's sports, whether it's news, whether it's entertainment, you're sometimes put in positions to where you have to report on your old people, your own people, news that maybe you don't even want to talk about. You know, Kobe's helicopter crash, yep. Tiger Woods accident that he just had, yep. even things like NFL athletes getting arrested for things, videos surfacing. There's not, it's not always sunshine and rainbows. It's not always highlights and home runs. How do you go about navigating news that's tragic like the Kobe helicopter right? we, yeah. we see people all the time they just want to jump in and report and there's no class there's no you know dignity in some of the reporting it's just like who can be there first right Yep. and you are in a particular situation where you know especially right now where you have a show so you have time to actually really sit and think about right. ways to report this Right. how do you go about tackling news like that that actually really hits home and is emotional man I think the biggest part is is to lean into that emotion Allow it to carry the way you tell the story. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think anybody is going to uh, not appreciate an authenticity to the story that you tell. That's been my mindset to, to every single thing that I write within this company, everything that I portray, every word that I speak has to be authentic to me. And so when it came to Kobe's death, it, it was something that jarred me it it scared the hell out of me it 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 confused me Mm. and i had in the interest of the audience to put all of that out there to 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 relate and say look i get it i don't know how this happened i i don't i can't fathom this being a thing but here we are and we can lean on each other to kind of figure this thing on out but there's nothing wrong with having questions real 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 life questions like very much so uh existential questions if you got them right like we can we can lean into that and understand that and know that we may not have all the answers but my job is not to hide you from that my job is to allow you to process that in real time and show you that i'm processing it too right and that came down to when we were dealing with uh the murder of george floyd at the hands of police when we were kind of wrapping our minds around what black in America meant and how we were having to explain it and just how exhausting it was to explain it on a daily basis. All of that, I had a responsibility. I felt the responsibility to to speak on it, to to, to allow myself to feel those things on the grandest of stages in order to show that this is very much a part of the lives of people that are walking around right next to you every single day. Even if they don't express it, it's a thing that could be there and you should be mindful of. 
And let me tell you, brother, ESPN as a whole, you, ESPN as a whole, man, you guys handled that situation perfectly. I know I was working at ESPN at the time, and I was so proud of the poise that all of you guys showed reporting that news because it hit a lot of us. It hit a lot of us really hard. I know I didn't go to work for a few days because mm. I just didn't want to talk about it. It's real. Um, And it was tough, man. And a lot of people don't realize that that's the kind of stuff you got to deal with, too. It's not all makeup, camera shoots, you know, IG posts and all that, brother. So first, let me tell you, thank you, man, because uh, I'm glad you shared that with us. Now, we talk to sports, man. I don't want to get too gloomy now. We're almost done here. I don't want to get too gloomy, man. And you the sports guy. So, so I got to put you on the spot. I yeah. got to put you on the spot and ask Let's you go. some sports takes real quick. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I got to get your takes. Now, I'm going to rapid fire at you. Okay. I'm going to ask you what you think, who you think is going to win this, who you think going to win that. All right, I'm you ready? It. I'm with it. Let's All get right, it. All right, now, we're we going to circle back because we're going to have you back on the show. So we're going to keep sure receipts. Right. I know. We're going to keep all the receipts now. All right, now. <laughs> now, first thing, as we know, I know, you, I know you're a fighting guy like me. You went to UCU into boxing. So, yeah, yeah. first things first, tomorrow. Yep. Out of Sonya, Blakovich, yep. who's winning? I got out of Sonya, man. I, I think that dude, regardless of the weight jump, him. right, going for the two straps, I got him. I, I feel him. I think he's motivated like no other being in that octagon. Nunez or Anderson? Ooh, okay. So, got really? it. Got it. Look, look, I just want to say, in my international days, had Megan on a couple times. She is a treat. She's fantastic as an yeah. MMA analyst. I don't think she wins. I just have to say that. Like, I just. I don't think anybody. Sure I thought you were going to say something different. I'm about to say you're the only person on earth that thinks I'm that. Not do that. No disrespect, but Nunez exactly. is a problem. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We're about to pick against the greatest female fighter that we've seen in that state. ever. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right. So we got New Year's on that. We got Adesanya. Okay, yep. now you might not know this, but I'm a, I'm a big Lakers guy. Okay, yeah, I'm a yeah. big Lakers guy. I now, see the thread. I, I always appreciate the, the Laker thread, the Raiders <laughs> thread every season. I appreciate. <laughs> I'm a devoted fan. Man. I'm a devoted fan. So now, okay, so I'm at, I'm telling you this, but I'm going to ask. Okay. It's a little early. We haven't got an All Star break yet. NBA Finals favorite. Who you got? The two teams that's going to be in the NBA Finals. Two teams. Give me Lake Show out of the West. I, I okay. just have no reason to pick against them, Smart knowing man. that AD gets back healthy. Like, who, yep. who is going to get in the way of that? Nobody. The East gets tricky <laughs> because I don't trust Milwaukee. I don't trust Philly. But M uh, we have an MVP candidate in Joel B playing a way like I haven't seen him sustain in quite some man. time. So if he stays healthy, I know that's a massive if when it comes to Joel B. But if he stays healthy, I don't see why we can't get a Lakers Sixers finals. I don't see why we can't. So I'll, I'll lean into that pick right now. And you know what, brother? I'm going to back you on that because that's what I say, too. I say the Sixers are actually going to be the ones in the finals, not Brooklyn. And I will say as a Lakers fan, even with a healthy AD, we got to get some interior defense because Embiid is going to be a problem. Yes. I'm not worried. What yes. I'm assuming is going to happen is we're going to put Braun on Ben Simmons and we're going to have Braun play way back like he did when he had to guard Rondo and he's going to help him beat. Exactly. So anyway, we stopping him. And you got Trez back there, right? Like you can assume that Trez is going to take a little bit of that load off of Braun so he's not you the primary hope. defender. Right? Like you got ways to work around that to get bodies in front of Embiid and just get him distracted. Well, I will say to that, and I, and I don't want my Laker fans to be mad at me, but I will say, I saw McGee and Dwight give Trez hell. I saw McGee and Dwight give Trez hell because he's so short. I would imagine it be would do the same thing. But I don't want to sit, I don't want to put that on wax. That's fair. You know what? That's fair. We want the Lakers to win. I get it. <laughs> so okay, so get who it. wins between the Lakers and Philly, though? Who wins? In your opinion? Uh, uh, as much as I want Doc to get this, I do. I, I'm rude for Doc. I am. Doc I understand. Man, I need a black man to be at the top of the NBA food chain. <laughs> I don't think he like, it's Bron, baby. It's Bron. Way too much going in their direction. And and again, like those two, and Bron and AD, man, that's, I, I can't pick against that. 
And and you know what? You would be wise not to, brother, because I won't pick against them either. Lakers in five. I'm calling it out. Lakers in five. Lakers I, in five. I, I, I don't care who we see. I was I'm gonna say six. five. We gonna give them one game for like ad revenue. Like you know, ESPN <laughs> gotta make their money. TNT gotta make their money. So we gonna allow five games just because we want y'all to be a little entertained. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. Right. That's about it. That's oh, about yeah. it, man. We get. Yeah. We gotta. We gotta take this home. Bron don't got time to waste. Yes. Bron got time to waste. Yeah. There's so a rule I, I think around ESPN is like five. We break even. Six is a surplus. Seven is oh my god. We rolling in it. So like yeah. I can see I logic. As a fan, I don't want seven games. I don't want to go through the stress of a seven-game series. So we're going to call it five. Now, you a football guy. Yeah, so yeah. I'd be remiss. Now, this is early. We ain't even hit the NFL draft yet, but this is early. Yeah. Super Bowl favorites, brother. Who are your Super Bowl favorites Ooh. coming into the new season? Man, so Man, I, lots I, happened already. I'm saying, right? Like, we got people in all kinds of new places. The NFC West is insane right now. Yep. I think we got, like, a boatload of talent just on that coast, it feels like. I do believe... Let's see. It, it's so tough to do NFL predictions because, like, you just want to lean on the favorites, frankly, because who are you to pick against Tom Brady? Who are you to get to pick against Patrick Mahomes? I do believe Patrick Mahomes makes it back to the Super Bowl. The yeah. NFC gets a lot trickier for me. Yeah. The Rams, theoretically, could have been a quarterback away. I think we saw their defense make a run that yeah. we didn't expect them to carry Jared Goff through. They were getting ready to bench Jared Goff, a healthy Jared Goff for a brother that we hadn't heard of, and I can't remember Ever his seen. name now. <laughs> so knowing that and, and knowing that that defense has not fallen off personnel-wise, why not pick Matt Stafford to wind up in the big dance? Get himself wow. in the conversation for a Super Bowl ring. So I'll go Rams, Chiefs. I got some close friends that are Rams fans that I know yeah. listen to the show, so they'll be very happy to hear that. But okay. it sounds like to me, though, you don't expect the Rams to win the Super Bowl. You just expect them to not. make it there. I, I expect think, Mahomes to get his get his third. Yeah, because I, I I think he's a little feisty after that last loss. I don't, I don't think – and then Drake put him in the song and, and, and kind of slighted him. Like, Patrick ready to go. What more I, motivation <laughs> do you need, Patrick Mahomes? And I hated that, too, because I'm over here like a Raiders fan like – Man, well, we another ten years of nonsense and losing is when I saw Patrick Mahomes. We just got past the Alex Smith era. Now we got the Patrick Mahomes era when we finally have a quarterback. Oh man, I feel ways, but you know what? I can't say I would disagree with you. I would not bet against Patrick Mahomes either. Now, brother, you gave us some good takes. You gave us a lot of takes. I can't wait to go back and see how they work out. <laughs> Let me tell you now, we've had a lot of fun. We've had a good time. Yeah. But there was a take you had on Twitter, brother, that, that bothered me. Okay. It hit my soul. Hit me as with a it. California native, as a brother that grew up in Cali, as a brother that grew up in a state that created the greatest burger joint in American history, brother, I took offense to it. Now, brother, I, I don't disagree with you a lot now. I don't disagree with your text a lot. I think you are very wise. And who am I to argue with an Ivy League, per, you know, Ivy League graduate, right? But brother, let me tell you, I was concerned. I was concerned for not only yourself but your taste buds <laughs> when you went on record on saying that not only is In-N-Out not the best burger place that ever existed, but that it's overrated. Is that the word you used? Overrated. I did. I did. I did. And in my meager defense, in my meager defense, I just want to clarify, right? When we get to talking about overrated, overrated does not imply bad. It doesn't. I, I want it implies to be negativity. It's <laughs> what it does. It, it knocks you down a bit. <laughs> it certainly does that. It takes away from the allure, but it's not to say that there is no allure there. I want to clarify. I enjoy In-N-Out Burger. If I go to Cali, if I if I find any state that has it in and out. I'm hitting it up, right? But I just think that the 
you being a California representative of sorts, you having homies out in Cali, can you not relate to the fact that it gets gassed up like no other fast food joint across America? Aside from maybe Chick-fil-A, who as a Georgia representative, I get that overhyped. I, I would agree with that notion. That doesn't say that doesn't say that I don't think Chick-fil-A is good. I just think that we gotta we gotta reel it in a little bit at times when it comes to in and out. So let me let me give you my background, right? Let me tell you a little something about me, okay? Well, <laughs> as we get into this, because you you made a good point, but I'm gonna tell you I'm a I'm a counter that, right? <laughs> so I grew up in California. I lived there the first ten years of my life. That's okay, I was born and raised there. My parents were military, and we moved all around the world, right? Yep. So I was somebody that grew up only knowing of In and Out's existence. Okay, right? And then at ten years old, at the young age, at the innocent age of ten. I got stripped away from California, right? And I was never able to live there again. So I was not able to ever get tired of In-N-Out. On the flip side, I was able to truly appreciate what In-N-Out has to offer. Brother, I've lived all over the world. I've lived in different countries, brother. And let me tell you, ain't nothing like that double-double. Ain't nothing like a little animal style on your fries, my brother. Now, 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 okay, now you might get some bailout now, you know what I'm saying? You might get a little leave on this. If not in and out, now, 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 take your time. <laughs> take your time now, brother. Because let me tell you, a lot of my listeners are from Cali and they're hearing this, including my mother, who won't be happy to hear this. They're all right. like, oh, this guy's so nice and sweet. And I might have just ruined you for every all the Cali listeners, right? Good if not in and out, if not in and out. Because at first, like, I got real distracted. I was like, oh, who is he to question in and out? Where is he from, Atlanta? Who is he to question burgers, right? So let me ask you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you, what if not In and Out, what burger place? So I, I just want to make sure what my parameters <laughs> are, okay? Because if we talking drive-through burgers, one where I gotta just stay in the car and get a burger, uh huh. Look, dog, I might be here for In and Out as far as all time being able to get one through the drive-through. That might be my favorite. But if you open it up to like the Shake Shacks of the world, the five guys of oh the my world, goodness right? like, gracious it's it's a line and i'm just trying to make Bro, sure are you mentioning shake shack in the same line as oh, come on is that now. what we're gonna do right now we don't, we don't have to do right now? we don't have to denigrate shake shack like that <laughs> we don't have to do that i just feel like there's levels bro <laughs> if i could get a burger for two dollars there's definitely levels to burger. Can we be honest? Okay, because I've had Shake Shack before. And I enjoyed it. But let's not put... Come on, man. Let's not... Next, you're going to tell me Steak and Shake. I'm trying to find a line. I'm trying to find a line. <laughs> Look, hey, I will take Steak and Shake fries over In-N-Out fries any day of the week now. I will say that. That's you're, the knot. You're crazy. You're That's crazy. That's the knot. I, what, what, where did you have In-N-Out at? What, was, where was this at? Because I feel like now I have to take you to Cali myself and take you to like a real In-N-Out. Okay. Like you can't have In-N-Out in Texas. You can't have In-N-Out in Dallas. Like That's not, not in Vegas. It's not okay. the same. So help me. Is the one right outside of LAX acceptable? I will say that that one is so damn busy because that's the first thing people do when they get out of the airport. Yes. That that one actually is hit or miss. Okay. The one right next to LAX is so busy. It is it's a place where there's so much traffic. It's going to take 20 minutes to even get your burger. Okay. There's so no way you can enjoy that experience. That's fair. That's way. fair. That's fair. And so, like, that was one experience I was like, eh, you know, it's cool. It, it's, it's fine. It's straight. <laughs> so, right? see, that's what it was. That's what it was. I, and, and that may have been the deal. I might need to go venture out, get outside of where the tourists might touch down or whatever have you, and, and 
and go enjoy it to where it's easily consumed and and not at a rapid rate right like I, exactly. i'm sure i'm well, sure that may really be the just case enjoy it yeah That's your vibe maybe sit somewhere where there's some water yeah maybe, you know the seagulls chirping and just pop that box open and have at it brother <laughs> we gonna make this happen all right okay. me and you are gonna find one day we're gonna be somewhere for work and stuff like that we gonna take the time to really give you a good hook it up hook it up i'm experience. down so you know what you know what? I, I had angst towards you now i don't you know what I'm saying? Now we, we'll wait until that. And then you let me know. I'm glad we can work that out, brother. It meant a lot to me. I, I needed to make sure that I wasn't out here going scorched earth on the entire state of California. I wanted to clarify. Let me tell you, brother, when people from Cali see in and out slander, <laughs> let me tell you, it does something different to us, brother. Let me tell you. Because in and out is just integrated into our DNA. Yeah, at point. When you're from I Cali, get it. It's so special. And like, there's people from Texas that say shit like Whataburger, and it just makes me sick. So, you know what, brother? I'm glad that you were smart. And you know what? We're going to wait until we have that moment and then we'll talk about we'll it we'll revisit we will, re we'll revisit we will again. revisit yes we'll revisit. ladies and gentlemen i got him to at least admit that at least he'll chill try to you know adjust because he was very passionate and strong on sports nation <laughs> when it came to in and out and i took offense to it ladies and gentlemen this is episode 15 of the out of character podcast i'm your host brian Colbert. my friends call me bc you can call me bc too if you listen and we appreciate you for listening we got sports nation's own harvard's own the crimson comet my boy trevor scales brother thank you so much for being here with us man i'm not gonna hold you for much longer brother because I know you got to go. And you told me, bro, you, you got a little date. Yeah. Got a little, got a yeah. little, little, little date. You know, you mentioned you have a fiance. Shout out to you for being another member of the Faithful Black Kings. Because you Proud know member. Don't cheat. Proud member. Like yeah. always. We Notice. all know that. That's, that goes without saying. You know, that's a movement, brother. And we on it. So you mentioned that you have a movie night with, with your lady. But your yeah. lady lives in, I think, Georgia. Yep. Down there so right outside Georgia, of Atlanta. Right? Yep. So what you said to me was that you were going to FaceTime your lady. And you guys were going to watch wandavision together which first let me say how adorable how <laughs> precious is that and it's so funny you mentioned that because like i said and i don't care if we do our research and we share a close friend somebody that cares about the both of us a lot Absolutely. in deontay smith and i want to read to you a text message he sent me telling me just a little story about you okay would you like to hear it yeah i'm gonna I'd read love it exactly to. how I'd he texted to. it too i'm gonna read it exactly how i texted you ready okay so hey. said so one day, me, Deontay, this is Deontay Smith's office. So one day, me, Gary, and Trevor all had an off night on a Friday night. Which let me tell you guys, if you work in media, whether it's East Penn or anywhere, you don't have many off days, especially on the weekend. So that in itself is a, a rarity. rarity. And yes. he says it. That never happened in the exclamation marks. Like, he was, he was serious. Like, that was the one time, in fact, that we had Friday nights off. So I'm texting them like, hey, man, because you know that's how Dante talks. Oh, yeah. Hey, man, let's step out one time. So I get to Gary's house. Gary Streisky, you guys work together. People are listening that know yeah, Gary, good, great guy, good, great yeah, friend, yeah. friend Absolutely. of the show. So he gets, he said he gets to Gary's house. And Gary's like, hey man, Trevor ain't coming. And I'm like, damn, why not? Did he have to work? He was like, nah. He said he's gonna do a movie date with his girl, who now is your fiance at the time. So at this point, you guys were girlfriends, but so clearly your decision worked out for you. <laughs> clearly you were playing the long game. And he's like, damn, Trev flew back home. And then Gary was like, nah, 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 bro. They gonna do their movie date on FaceTime. And Deontay said, what? He dished the Friday night out with his boys <laughs> for a FaceTime date? For a FaceTime date? Ladies and gentlemen, that is the kind of king you guys are listening to right now. This brother 
And a night out. A night out he hasn't had in forever. Out, we, we live right next to New York City. New York City was a hop, <laughs> jump, skip, and a step away. And you know the kind of crazy shit that goes on oh, yeah. in New York, right? This is a brother that's by himself with his homies. And instead of going out gallivanting with the fellas, this young king, man, he FaceTimed his lady, who is now his fiance, brother. So I just had to tell that story real quick, man. Because, man, that is so cute. I appreciate that, man. And we've been keeping that thing going. It's one of those things that, you know, you, you have that little connection bit with your, with your woman, with your significant other, whomever that may be. And you lean into it, and it's something that keeps you going. And as far as us being at a distance, it's it's those little moments that we can find where she and I, our schedules align, and we got to get it on the books because Lord knows my schedule may flip the next day, and I might not be able to sit down and watch something like that. But, yeah, no, I deserve that roaster from Deontay. I definitely deserve that. I ain't going to from here. <laughs> now you said you're engaged brother so like i i know i have a ton of friends that actually were engaged or were supposed to get married mm. during this past year because but the pandemic stopped all that absolutely so do you guys have a date when you guys plan to get married yeah man spring of 22 is what it's looking like man we want to okay. make sure that we can celebrate accordingly exactly. and safely exactly exactly well first of all congratulations brother that Thank is you, awesome before you get married we gotta have you back and we're gonna really die because i love talking about relationships oh yeah but i really yeah. wanted to tell your story so next time we're gonna dive into the yeah we gonna really get into it man because i feel like there's so much that you can tell especially being long distance but the reason i asked when you guys are getting married because i have an important question for you and okay. i asked all my brothers this when they're about to settle down when yeah. you know what I'm saying they have a lady in their lives is she gonna move to bristol connecticut <laughs> are you gonna get that queen to lead the south to come to connecticut i listen, gotta know listen I, I I am not here to to force that move upon anybody having <laughs> experienced it myself. Your boy is a southern boy at heart, and anything right. that he can do to get back down to the south, he gonna do it. So yeah, yeah, that that that's probably the best way to explain. It. <laughs> Clearly, that's a, a still a topic they have not fully gotten in the household. And we're gonna leave it at that. We're gonna leave it at that because it's nothing but beautiful things that we want to see you and your lady man flourish. And I can't wait to to see the wedding pics, man, to see all that stuff and to continue to talk you and learn more things brother because i know this ain't the last time we're gonna speak i know this ain't the last time you're gonna be out of character brother did you have a good time man i, I know you're it. probably on a ton of different things man you're probably getting interviewed all the time how'd i do brother How'd man this was this was the perfect release that i needed man it didn't even feel like an interview it felt like catching up with one of the old homies that's exactly what it was for me man and i hope the very same for you it has been an absolute pleasure to be a part of this broadcast bro i've always kind of seen it pop up on the timeline yes, checked in tuned in every now and again and look dog it's nothing but fun man it's great stuff and you wound up getting you know enlightened throughout the process yeah. as well yeah but and man that means so much to me brother because that's what this is all about man like i said when we started the show i wanted to have you on brother not because you're doing all these great things but because you are such an inspiration not only to me but i know you're going to be an inspiration to anybody that taps in and listens to this man thank you so much for being vulnerable thank you so much for being honest and thank you so much for always being authentic man i cannot thank you enough this past year has taught me bro authenticity relationships friendships those matter so much because when things get tough, your homies are going to be the ones that are there to pick you up, man. And I hope I can continue to do great things, man. I hope I can continue to inspire. And thank you so much, man, because this was fun, brother. You, you the best of the best, man. So for me to be able to interview you and you have a good time, brother, it means a lot to me, man, because this is what I want to do. You know what I'm saying? So you give me a chance to do something I haven't done. I don't think I've ever interviewed another broadcaster, another type host, nothing like that, man. So this was, this was a lot of fun for me, too, man. So I really appreciate the time, ladies and gentlemen. We hope y'all enjoyed it. Like I said before, this is episode 15. Episode 15. Team one five. 
of the Out of Character Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You can call me BC too if you're listening. We appreciate you for listening. We appreciate y'all for listening to our guy, the Sports Nation host, Trevor Scales. Trevor, man, I cannot wait to see what you do, bro. I know you just now scratching the surface. I know you're going to do so many great things with Sports Nation, brother. And I can't wait to see it, bro. Um, You know, man, one day I might be back at ESPN. It might be a part of it too, brother. You never know what the future holds, man. And, bro, thank you so much for your time, man. I wish you and your family nothing but health and well-beings. I wish your fiance nothing but love. I wish you and your relationship nothing but success. And, brother, until next time, my guy. Sending the very best to you and yours, brother, as well. Make sure y'all love up on everybody around you. It can only help this world go round. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Out of Character Podcast, episode 15. For those of you guys that are listening, thank y'all so much for your time. Now, Trevor, what I like to do when I end the show, brother, I like to give a little bit of words of encouragement. Okay. Right? I like to give a little a little gospel, right, if, yeah. if you will. Just of something that, you know what I'm saying, is all my heart of things I've been thinking about. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot one more time, brother. Yeah. Is there any words of wisdom or inspiration that you'd like to leave with the out-of-character family while we close out? Oh, man. So uh, my favorite scripture is my very first tattoo that I got. Mm-hmm. Uh, Romans 5, 3 through 5. Uh, we, um, we boast in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces character. Character produces faith. And faith does not disappoint us. So whatever your faith may be, man, lean into it. Understand it, that whatever trials and tribulations that you may be going through, lean into it. Understand that there is a plan for after it. The sun shall shine another day. And just understand that it's a part of a bigger plan, man. So that's like the biggest thing that I've held on to throughout my life. And I can hope, only hope that somebody else holds on to it as well. And thank you so much for those words, brother. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Episode 15 of the Out of Character Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening, for tapping in, for sharing, for liking, for subscribing. And everybody stay up. God bless.